1: Welcome back to the show. Today's show is going to be based on a few viewer questions that have been sent in, asking us just who we are, why we hunt, why we do the things that we do. We'll answer those questions in a few more here today on the Blue Collar Elk Academy. Y'all pull up some chairs and sit a while. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Academy.
2: Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by elkgrows.com with your host Gilbert Ornellis and elk hunting coach Joe
3: Gillie, You want to hunt elk and they live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters.
1: Welcome to back to Elk Camp. I'm the host of the show Gilbert Ornellis. We have Joe Gillia, the guide from New Mexico, <laughs> and Leroy Chav Chavez with us in the house tonight. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, Gilbert. Good to hey, see Gilbert. you, bud. Nice to see you. I've been talking about El Cunning all day. You know, today was the last day of the draw, so it was a busy day for a lot of our brothers.
3: <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. You had a lot of conversations with a lot of guys, and, uh, Before we get started on all of that, one thing I would like to do is, um, Chav and I just the other day, we did uh, the first part of a six-part series on the hunt breakdown twenty. 18, and uh, and I got a chance to thank listeners then. But every time we get on here, uh, and I keep seeing those numbers growing, I just want to thank all of those people out there that are listening to the show. Uh, I saw men were in incredible amount of cities all over the United States, and for us, that's that's pretty cool to see something like that. And I just want to thank mm-hmm. y'all for sending in all of the uh, questions that you've been sending in to us. And for those of you that haven't and would like to. All you have to do is email your question to info at elkbros.com. That's E-L-K-B-R-O-S.com. So looking forward to hearing from you, and I'm looking forward to uh, what we're going to do tonight, Gilbert, um, because I know we had those questions that came in this week, and there were a lot of different questions, but in reading them, there were several questions that were all around the same theme. There were people that really wanted to know what our story was, and uh there were people that sure. had asked you know questions about hunting partners and and there were people that asked about reasons why we hunt there were There were all those that happened, so um we kind of refined that down and and I think it's a good idea for for us for all three of us to go ahead and tell our story, man,
1: yeah, you know uh, we were talking about that earlier uh today with some of my elk hunting buddies uh that I work with and stuff like that. Just why why do we elk hunt? Uh you know, definitely want to thank you and Chav for having the vision to put this out for everybody that's a blue collar elk guy, right? Um it, it's it's forums like this. Uh that, you know, we live in a great country where we can do stuff like this. Uh and, you know, our listeners they're growing every day. I keep looking online at the podcast and from the Apple podcast and and from YouTube. And it's, it's, it's amazing how well this thing's taken off. We have some questions that were sent in today. Uh, in, in one of them, uh, they write It says hope to learn more about each of you guys as hunters, what's your story. So I think it's more fitting for, to start out with, with you, Joe. So, uh, why don't you lead us into your story and how this all uh, how this all came about for you?
3: You know, um, I, I came to New Mexico in, in a in a long route. Uh, I'm I'm a back east country boy. I was raised uh, in the backwoods of the Carolinas, and it's funny because when I start talking to my elk hunting brothers, you know, my brother Chav here, and Gilbert, you, and and even when we talk with some of the other guys that that come in and and hunt with us, we all kind of have a little bit of a similar story, you know, and my my story, I I lost my dad uh, at an early age, uh, and I was about 13 years old, but I was pretty fortunate in that, you know, my stepdad, you know, all of us talk about you know, what happens as far as that father figure, but my stepdad was was a hard fella, Um, but he gave me a gift in that he gave me and introduced me to the outdoors, and so we were a a family of eight, you know, six kids, and and my, my stepdad and my mom found themselves with a group of large group of kids (laughs) he didn't have a job at the time when when my father died and uh you know hunting in our family in his family that was introduced to me was a huge part of life it was something that uh brought food to the table uh it was something that brought uh family together you know when we did family vacations it's funny because i didn't know what disneyland was man i mean uh, (laughs) our family vacation was, we'd get aunts, uncles, grandparents, and we'd fill up John boats with uh, some supplies, with the guns and stuff, and head down the, the, uh, intercoastal waterway, pull up inside someplace, and, and, uh, man, we camped out for probably two weeks, and we lived off of what we fished, what we hunted, you know, so that's, uh, my childhood was, was based around that, and and I was pretty fortunate because when you're young, you know, when you're 13, 14 years old, and a lot of families, you're just a kid that's not seen and not heard, and, you know, but when you go out hunting with the uncles and with the grandparents, and you make a, a shot, you put something on the table, there's a level of respect that you receive sure. you know some pats on the back, um, you take a special pride yeah, in you that, belong. yeah, exactly, man, and there's a there's a pride in that that comes, and there's something special that's magical for a, for a young person, and, and like I said, my stepdad was tough. I mean, if there was a problem, if there was something that uh you know how to get things done, I had to figure it out. And he expected me to take care of myself and and take care of those issues and to brainstorm. And, and I tell you, Gilbert, from that early age, uh, I truly believe that the things he taught me, you work hard, you know, anything can be done. And, you For know... Sure. I'm the only one out of my family to ever go to college. I'm just a backwoods redneck and I came out to New Mexico because a, a coach had inspired me to go to college because my my father uh, was a was a veteran, my real dad and so I had the GI bill and I came out to New Mexico not having a clue about the state uh about Going to college, I came with fifteen hundred dollars in this shoe and fifteen hundred dollars in that shoe, so that no city boy could steal my money <laughs> they were going to, to <laughs> exactly. they're going to have to take me first you know you and
1: take my shoes <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah.
3: so I came out of New Mexico at eighteen yeah. I, I met uh my future wife, Loretta. We were married at twenty a um, uh, young couple that were going to college and you know you, you know how you can tell a college student is you go to the local uh, gas station and then you watch people putting gas in, you know, people always stick that thing in there and they pull it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> a college student is the one that before they take that nozzle out of the car, they take that hose and hold it. Way- <laughs> <raise> the <hose. laughs> They're going to get every drop of that, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, when we first got married, uh, one thing I, I had was I had my bow and, you know, I had started shooting the bow since I was six years old. And it was a, I was the only one in a, in a gun family that did shoot the bow. And I used that to hunt deer and elk and antelope rabbit, squirrels, everything, uh, to help get us through college. And then, you know, when we uh, got our first jobs and had our kids, that, that was just, uh, that was a regular part of our life, you know, like that. So um, I come from beginnings that, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to say poor beginnings because I, I I, felt like I was pretty rich and, and the things that I've gained from it and the things that I've learned uh, have taken me to spend as much time as I have with Chav and as I have with yourself. So, you know, one thing that I was taught, was respect the outdoors, honor the hunt, honor the animals, take care of your equipment, take care and respect the people around you. You do those things, and things are going to be all right. So that's kind of my story is how it goes. Chad? Awesome.
2: Well, I, Chad? I, I'm the, probably the only native New Mexican <laughs> on our group. You know, I've I've lived here all my life. I uh, came from a real large family. Also, have uh, seven brothers, three sisters, and my parents were always working. That's go ahead.
1: Yeah, that's something unique uh, that I think needs to be brought up. Is you guys actually married sisters? So uh, right, y'all are right. real brothers, right? So yeah, y'all, y'all need to that. That's something I want our viewers to understand. That these guys just ain't. They're not just off-the-street local Joes. These guys are actually family.
2: Right, exactly. And, <laughs> and Joes are a common link to our whole group. You know, he got us all yes, right. Well, he got me into it. You know, growing up, uh, I liked to fish a lot. And I had a younger brother, two years, two years younger. So we uh, wherever our legs could take us, we went fishing and we've got some adventures i'm sure joe can remember a few <laughs> cuz we're we we're both distance runners and uh joe kept up kept up with us and um oh now wait a second
3: <laughs> i know you're going to get back to that but uh, i want you to imagine two uh, nc champion cross country runners here and uh you know, when when these fellows decide to go up a hill, they go up a hill and they're like turn around. And you want us to carry your equipment? And, you know, I'm like, uh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, by the time I get to the vehicle, they're sitting on top of it and they're drinking cokes. They've already been through their third sandwich, and I'm just butt dragging up that hill <laughs> when I get there. But you know, uh,
2: right. Yeah, well, I, I
1: resemble I, that remark. Yeah. Go ahead, Chad. And
2: of course, that was many many moons ago. Uh, like I said, my, my father and mother worked really hard and like Joe I lost my father at about age thirteen, fourteen. Uh but I always remember the work ethic that he instilled in us and I, I think all the all of my brothers and sisters came out pretty successful. Uh my mom passed away last year at hundred and two. Hundred and two. So, you know, she had a long life. And uh you know, uh my uncle passed a away. At a, life. A, yeah, and my Uncle on my dad's side passed away at, at 101. You know, I don't know if I want to live that long, wow. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot of more elk season yeah. <laughs> basically, just fished till I met Joe. Uh, when I got married, uh, I mean, when he got married to uh, my sister in law, and he started me when I was 30 something, mm-hmm. I don't remember. And uh, first couple of times, uh, I just you know, it just clicked right away. The first hunt, we went on a deer hunt, and I got a shot at a 10-point buck. And that's, you know, a lot of people, Wow, that's pretty hard for them during the course of their, uh, you know, their early hunting season. And I was able to get a, a good shot at a deer, and it kind of hooked me up a little bit. But there's nothing like the elk hunt. And, uh, you know, following Joe along for the last 30 years, I've learned so much. And, uh, it's, you know, watching an expert in action, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, thrilling actually. And, uh, oh, you know, man. I learned yeah. quite a bit from him and it, as I get older, I, I look forward to September, you know, that's like the highlight. And as you get older, if you're a hunter, uh, you know, your days are going to be numbered somewhere down the line. So, you know, I take every day, you know, I, I, I'm blessed to get a new day every day so far. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to the hunt and just being in the outdoors it's it's something different, especially in the the crazy world we live in today, you know. Being outdoors, you're you know, you're close to God. For sure. And we live up here in God's country. No doubt. Mm
3: -hmm. Most definitely.
2: Amen to that. And I I met Gilbert uh, about three years ago, Gilbert. I think I the first time I met Uh, you a little longer than that, about four. Yeah, actually, okay. I actually met him at a... First time, first time, year. first time here. Yeah, actually the go first ahead. time I met you was at a gas station. You had pulled up to uh, fill up with gas and I saw some antlers in the back of the truck that and I went over one. and I, that one right there. Yeah. And I said, that's a nice elk, where'd you get that? And he said, he's in Martinez Canyon. I go, was oh, Joe Gilio your guide? <laughs> and that's where we first met. You know, it's, it's funny. It's crazy
3: how we met the first time. Right. Because it what's so funny is is uh Gilbert, you know, and anybody that has been with me knows that uh one of the most important people in my life is Chav here and uh he's 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 my brother and For I sure. don't do anything that I don't talk about him and include him and, and uh want him to be a part of that. And you had already heard so much about him. You know that when he pulled up there, and and yeah. he was like, he's like, "Are you Gilbert?" You were I like, "Write the book." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were like, "Are you Chav?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of cool. It was really cool, and
1: and, and a fitting in a fitting me, grandiose meeting, right? I mean, I had hunted with the legend Joe Gillia. I uh, actually tagged my first elk. It was an epic event. Uh, and then I get to meet the infamous Chav Chavez right (laughs) and uh, I mean it was it was one of those special days and then I didn't know after that that I was going to get to spend so much time with Chav I truly feel honored too that you allow me uh, to hunt with Chav and uh, he's been my guide for the last you know uh, four years so three four years and it's been just a true honor and he's such a gentleman and in such a kind soul. I mean, it's been a true blessing in my life to be able to have both of you guys in my life. So. Well,
2: it's likewise with you too. Yeah.
3: And you know, se- Septembers yeah. have always been uh a- an important part of my life, but when I was a kid, those Septembers were doves, you know, there were squirrels and yeah. Uh, yeah me I- too. Let me tell you, the the first time that I got in the woods and the first time I saw an elk go by me, and I saw yeah. that thing, I was like, buddy, I'm home.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, there's nothing like an elk hunt, right?
3: No, definitely not. <laughs> and uh, let the viewers uh, learn a little bit about you, Gilbert.
1: Yeah, you know, um, for me, elk hunting was something that I wanted for my 40th birthday. I'm an avid bow hunter and killed numerous whitetails. Uh, I would say a pretty accomplished bow hunter uh, when it comes to hunting small game and whitetails. And uh, I even have killed a nil guy with my bow. And uh, so that was kind of my claim to uh, bow hunting uh, fame, if you would to be able to shoot a nil guy bull with a, with a bow. So my, for my 40th birthday, my wife, I asked her for an elk hunt. And, look, it was really, you know, we weren't making tons of money, but it, I knew if I worked hard and uh, put my nose to the grindstone, uh, like my grandfather uh, taught me how to do. I was raised by my grandfather and my stepdad most mostly. Um, and they had the love for the outdoors as well, right? That's where I got my love for outdoors. So I, I wanted to go to the Rocky Mountains and hunt bull elk. So uh, I have a really close friend of mine who's a taxidermist named Ronnie Barkey.
3: Now, before you get too far, and, you keep uh, saying that yeah, – I'm sorry, yeah. Gilbert, but you said that you were for your 40th birthday? That was your 30th yes, birthday, wasn't for it?
1: for my 40th birthday. No, sir, 40th. 40th, 40th okay. <laughs> 40th, yes, <sir>. All
3: right.
1: <laughs> so it was for my 40th birthday. My wife bought me an elk hunt. And uh, I didn't know who to use, right? You read so many things and, uh, you know, you go through the list. So I I just reached out to the guy that I knew the elk hunted a bunch, and his name was uh, Terry Barty, Ronnie Barty's brother. Uh, He's a taxidermist in Crosby, Texas, and he's done a ton of whitetails for me. He did that elk that's behind me. Uh, So at the end of the day, I I knew I could trust him with an outfitter that he'd give me. So he gave me the name of a guy, the late Carl Gamage uh, who, who sold me an elk hunt. And, uh, he was a very, a very endearing (laughs) fellow, uh, someone, someone who became a very, very close part of my life. Right. Um, for people that don't know, uh, my parents divorced when I was very young. Uh, my mother and father divorced when I was seven or eight years old. So I was raised by my grandfather um, and, and my stepdad, my stepdad's a wonderful guy. Uh, he, and both of them had love for the outdoors and they fostered that within me. So it really helped me, uh, get past some of the hurt and the pain that I had. Uh, so when I got to this elk camp with Carl, the late Carl Gamage, he was, uh, it was amazing how God put all of us together. We all had some similar backgrounds, right? Uh, some similar stories to share with one another about a little bit of heartache and how the, the outdoors and elk hunting put us all together. My wife jokes about it and said, "Well, did y'all just sit up there all the time and cry <laughs> and talk about your problems and everything?" But, <laughs> but truthfully, truthfully, it was a real spiritual awakening for me because they recommended a couple of books that I read, uh, that I've read, uh, and those things changed my life. Right. Uh, right. they changed my life because number one, I knew I needed to get myself in shape to be able to do what I love to do. Uh, and then I, I had to forgive some people that had really, I felt like wronged me in my life. So, um, I did that and and there are a whole host of guys that, not just yourself and chab but there's another young, uh, man up there in, in that country named rc knox who i spent a lot of time with in the right. woods kent miller spent a lot of time with him i can't forget those guys ross miller um but Carl gamage is the one who put all that together and uh and he was kind of the glue uh and when i first met joe Gillia. I was 330 pounds, right? And uh, at the end of the day, there's no way I could hunt with Joe. But Joe challenged me. And if anybody who knows me, I'm one to rise to a challenge. That's how I've been programmed, kind of wired, is, you know, if somebody challenges me, I'm, I'm usually up for it. I, I, I like to prove people wrong. Uh, and uh, Joe challenged me, said, look, if you get into these things, I'll take you hunting with me, and we'll be successful. Uh, your closing abilities, my calling abilities, it's going to be epic. And every time I've been with Joe, I got my butt in, sh- in halfway shape, and I want everybody out there know round is a shape. Um, but every time I go with Joe, it's an it's an epic adventure, right? And um, it changed my life. Uh, El Cunton changed my life. These guys that are here with us tonight, Joe Giglia, Chad, Leroy, Chad Chavez, uh, The guys that we talked about, R.C. Knox, Carl Gamage, all family. Um, This is really for me. Is a trip. Yeah, it's really a tribute to the family that we have uh, elk hunting together. So that's kind of what drives me. uh, The spiritual thing for me, being up on those mountains in September and hearing the bull elk, remind me of some really close friends of mine, and it just feels. I feel closer to God. I feel closer to everything. You know, it helps me unwind from a a serious. a serious job challenge that I have every day. Uh, We work in a pretty high pressure environment and this is something I can really forget for seven or eight days who I'm with and where I'm with and just go up there and chase elk. It's fantastic. I can't thank you guys enough for allowing me the opportunity to do that.
3: Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because one of the other questions that came in after that, that you have there is uh, what do you look for in hunting partners? And you know, to your credit Gilbert uh there are very few people that I choose to share my elk camp with and you know uh you know Chav and I hunted together and we have uh one or two friends that have come into our elk camp with us uh guys that wanted to learn how to elk hunt and and that's what's so funny is is you know I've been guiding for a lot of years and I've been hunting for a lot of years but it always goes back to coaching. You know, you've been with me enough that you know I, I'm not just a a point and shoot guide. I I'm a teacher and I I like to take people, teach them about the outdoors, give them the same gift do for somebody else what somebody did for me. And you know, that was a huge part of my life and you know that, like I said, I'm real picky about, always been about who I spend time in camp with. Now, when I guide people, I, I'm assigned somebody. Uh, I usually develop a relationship with them in, in one way or sort. Um, but there's very, very few people that I choose to ride the river with. You know, uh, Chav and I have been doing this thing together for a long time. And you know, uh, we're we're stronger, we, we're stronger brothers than anybody by blood. I, I know that for a fact. And, uh, uh, you know, when most people don't, you talked about the late Carl Gammage. And a point that I wanted to make that people need to understand is, is it was uh, 2000, October of 2014 when we lost Carl. And uh, um, it was one of the hardest days of my life because Carl was one of those father figures, a brother figure, uh, somebody that always had my back, I always had his back. And uh, when, when we lost him, at that time, you had been a client of Carl's for a few years then. And what I want people to understand is what proved your salt, to me as well as a lot of people talk the talk but you know uh you live all the way over in Houston and and we're here about good 11 12 miles you go over to Taos where where Carl was buried is 13 hours over there and there's people that knew Carl for for years that family members that probably didn't make that funeral but I guarantee you Gilbert Ornelas was there, and that's because of uh what that relationship with that brotherhood what that man meant to you and uh and and that's that's God's honest truth about the specialness that you share uh when you share an elk camp when uh when you when you go out and you uh do miles of woods you know when you push each other and when you're competing against animals you know, the way we do and for sure uh, yeah. compete against yourself. And I have never forgotten that. And that day that I, that, I that loved happened, Carl.
1: I loved him like my dad, you know, I, I did. I loved him. I uh, like my own father. Right. I mean, so when I, when I tell people that I mean it, you know, it was one of the hardest days in my life. I've lost a few people in my life and that was one of the hardest ones. I mean, I hit my knees when that happened. You know, it was really tough for me. He was one of my he was one of my biggest supporters and one of my true friends in life. And you only get a few of those in your life, right?
3: So for those people that are listening, uh I I don't want you to feel too bad about all of this because the the great and the wonderful part of that is is um, he lives through us, uh just like he Every day. you know, the and when we're out there and we're in elk camp, the stories start rolling, the, the oh, Carl, man. the Carl voices start coming out <laughs> <laughs> the the rude and crude jokes, you know, uh you know, all all of that I mean, stuff that, yeah. <laughs> that, that that made the man what he was. My brother. Uh, yes, yeah, sir. And right. uh <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh you know, uh, I, I think again, like I said, what we do is magical in a lot of different ways, and we haven't even gotten close to talking about some of the other things. But you wanted to find out about us, you wanted to find out our, our connection, and uh, I mean, we've got the we got the Venezuelan mafia with us now, and uh, those guys For are sure, are two <laughs> of the most special them. people mm-hmm. that you ever come across, and mm-hmm. uh, they just uh, are. Uh, what I like about everybody, you know, goes out there, and you know, we all work hard. We all care about each other. There's no selfishness, uh, and that's one thing mm, that together. We, that made our our coaching successful was we taught selflessness and. You know, the only person that's selfish out there is 10. Joe Gillia. By the way, I'll, I'll just tell people because <laughs> <laughs> something happens to me, man. When when an animal gets in the zone, man, it's just I don't know. Some a glaze goes over my eyes, and something's going to die. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, in that danger zone. Y- yes, sir. So uh, I, I wanted to make sure that that I you know, that I brought that up.
1: Well man I appreciate it Joe those uh, those those memories <clears throat> flood back and they 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 reiterate why we do what we do right uh, another one of our listeners wrote in and they say they said uh Joe I often feel uncomfortable talking to, to others about hunting just not sure how they're going to take it how they're going to think about me what do you tell people when when they ask you why you hunt
3: uh you know I, it's so funny that you're talking about this because I just had a, a, a guy just the other day um, was talking to me about elk bros. He came up and uh, he was saying how uncomfortable he is because he he never knows with the crowd that he's in at the time, if, if it's uh, politically correct or whatever it is for him to talk about, about hunting, that there's so many people that, that look down on that. And you know, I mean, I think you could take anything in the world and there's going to be good and bad parts to a lot of people that represent things well and people that don't. Um, But in the purest form of the hunt, uh, the gift, the understanding, I'm more comfortable out in those woods uh, with nature, not, not tearing it up, but becoming a part of it, understanding the animals, understanding the smells, understanding the tracks, I can I can tell you things and, and uh, that I've seen animals do and that I've experienced that uh, people never will experience, will they? I no,
2: mean, actually, the the thrill of the hunt itself is uh, what I like the most about the, about uh, being out there in September. You know, you get to see stuff that a lot of people will never see. And, uh, you know, if you connect, you connect, you know, you got food for the family. But if you don't, you don't. And uh, just the experience of being out there, you know, crisp early morning in September, hearing the bugles out there, there's nothing like it, hmm. you know. and. Uh, well, I, just, I,
1: I, 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 think, I think the chase for me is more important than the actual harvest. Uh, right. For me, it's about being out there enjoying what God created for us. I mean, we live in a country where we're able to do this, and then when we do seal the deal, it's that sense of satisfaction that we have provided sustenance for our families. I mean, my family truly loves to eat elk meat. We we eat it just about every day, if not every other day. or We're eating some sort of venison. We had backstrap tonight, right? So uh, at the end of the day, for us, for me though, it's about the hunt, right? It's really about uh my brothers uh i love to call in uh bulls i mean joe's been so gracious about teaching how to call and stuff but for me it's it's about the hunt you know and uh and and telling people when i somebody asks me about hunting and why do i do it and i've had a you know i live down here in the in the liberal melting pot in houston texas and um there are a lot of people down here who love their animals right and they don't want you harming them and so I think educating them a little bit about disease and about uh about something about conservation. Uh we talk a lot about that. We don't talk about the blood and gore of the hunt, right? We talk about actual spiritual uhness of of taking that animal and honoring that animal.
3: And and you're exactly right. Honoring the animal, but and it's funny because I both you we're all competitors. <laughs> For sure, you know, you know that's one thing that is that is natural in all of us that go out there and do this is that we're just really competitors. But you know, for me, um, my my thing as as a kid was I gained respect from the quality of hunter that I was. The fact that I put food on the table was something that I took pride in. So uh, for me. I define success. You know, uh, I, I, think, I think you guys are incredibly successful men and always will be. But for me, it was a personal thing that to define success for me was to bring home and put meat in the freezer. So uh, even though I live for the hunt, and i work for that hunt and and i learn about the animals that i think are so reverent that are so majestic that are just the most incredible animals uh my i do not consider my hunt successful unless i do bring something home so yeah the chase is 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 incredible. I love it. I live for it, man. I live for those bugles. I live for figuring it out. I, I live for experiencing getting in. I, man, I've been in the middle of herds so many times and experienced so many things that people will never, ever conceptualize. But for me and, and in Elk Bros and the whole design of Elk Bros is I want to help people be more successful. I know a lot of people are or hopefully from what we do and what we talk about are going to experience was because, you know, for some people it's a fearful place and we don't want that. We want them to go out and experience that. But my definition of success in elk bros is to help them harvest an animal. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, when that is uh, accomplished for me, Uh, and I, I take great pride in that, you know, that now when I go to tell people about, you know, I've had people ask me and they've said, well, Joe, how can you kill something that you think is such a beautiful, incredible animal? And what I explain to people is, is this, I am part of the natural order. And, uh, The animals that I harvest, that I kill, and people need to understand that. Yes, I kill an animal, not for the sake of killing, but I do take that animal's life. And I thank that animal for the things that it's given to me, the sustenance it gives me, you know, and the honor of the hunt, you know, that takes place there. It didn't die from somebody hitting it with a vehicle. It didn't starve to death. It didn't uh, go down to to somebody just uh, butchering and taking a head, you know. No, this animal was harvested in the honor of the hunt. And, you know, Gilbert, I, I, when people talk about that, you know, the blood and the gore, mm. you know what? It, there is blood. You know, there is things that you're going to experience that – any person worth their salt, if you're going to take the life of that animal, you owe it to that animal for sure to to experience that to be with it on its last breath, you know, and I think that teaches us a, a, a lot about life, you know and and I could go into a lot of things about what's happening in today's world and with youth and all the things are where people become so detached and don't understand, but uh, to me it is it is the most natural thing for me just like somebody else that is going to go out and grow their own flowers or their own vegetables or you know their own their own uh, spices you know uh we go out and and we harvest that meat and and we bring it in
1: so yeah you know you know joe for me growing up in texas hunting has been a way of life Right. Uh, especially in my household, when I was growing up with my grandfather, I mean, we actually hunted to eat. Right. I mean, we lived on a farm and I mean, if you didn't bring anything in, you know, that year, you just weren't going to be fed real well. I mean, we did have a few hogs and a and I mean, a few things like that, but my grandfather sold that beef to make money. Right. I mean, we were right. gonna eat what the land provided us. And so at the end of the day for us, it was about, that that competition uh was an opening day ceremony every day in texas it's one of the biggest things that youth do with their families and their fathers uh my son and my daughter we've not missed an opening day in a very very long time they spend that time with me in the woods and i cherish every moment of that i've been able to spend 18 years with my daughter in the woods 15 16 years with my son and you've given them a gift no, no doubt and, and and look it it's it's a way of life for us it's a, a bonding that you can't separate so when I talk to people about that it's it's something that we all get together in a in a uh, consorted effort to it's a love right that that we that we can only feel for people that have done it right. That experience that I've, I've brought people into that fold on an opening day and they get to experience, we go eat together. We, you know, we camp together and then the next morning we get up and go hunt. And then it's a celebration of what we harvest, right? When we right. bring bring the animal. And like you said, I only felt when I first started hunting, I only felt really vindicated when when I could bring something in and have that acceptance from the group, right. Have that acceptance from my grandfather, from my right. uncles, um, the late, my, my, late uncle, uh, Skeeter Lothringer, he was a huge influence in my life. This guy was an unbelievable hunter, right. An unbelievable fisherman. So to gain that respect and to gain that, uh, uh, level of, competency that to be able to be mentioned in one sentence with those guys. It right. was something that as young men, my cousin and myself, when we grew up, those were the things that were, were special to us. Right? That
3: becomes your drug of
1: choice. It really was. I didn't need to, I didn't need a needle in my arm. I didn't need to smoke it. Uh, those were my grandfather always had a saying that if you raise a kid up in the woods, you won't have to look for him when he's grown. And uh, cause I mean, that's where he's going to be. And I've been there my whole life. Uh, my wife will tell you, it's, it's a way of life here for us, right? Um, she might not like it all the time, but it, she'd rather me do this than anything else, right? I'm not in the bars chasing women and drinking my life's fortune away. I'm not spending my kids' college on cocaine and, and dope. But I do elk hunt. I do take my kids hunting. Uh, we do fish, right? So uh, we do positive things in their life to reinforce competition and life lessons.
3: And you know, that Gilbert is the gift that, and that's the whole purpose of what we're doing with this is that there are people out there that, they don't get the opportunity to learn the right way. So they pick up bad habits. They, you know, uh, we always bring out more trash than we ever take in, you know, in a place like that. We take care of somebody else's property like it's our own. We share what we harvest with other people so that they can actually partake of that as well. And I think by doing this, we can hopefully teach people to be better conservationists, to be better um, stewards of the woods and of the forests and of the animals and of the world as a whole. And, uh, you know, people view hunting as being destructive and I beg to differ that it's very constructive and uh, it's something that is uh, a part of all of us Uh, deep-rooted and the lessons that you learn out in those woods you know out of all the hours and all the days you spend out there you know the the time of an actual kill is just a matter of seconds compared to all the hours and all the days and all the lessons that you learn out there and because of those lessons you develop life skills Mm -hmm. that you will carry the rest of your life. And there is nothing that I do not feel that I am not able to accomplish because I truly believe if there's a will, there's a way. And that was taught to me by people that introduced me to what I'm doing.
2: Right. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I've been hunting for about 35 years. Yeah. And uh, we learned a lot of lessons you know, from year one to year 35. So, you know, we're hoping that people out there will listen to the podcast and, you know, gain some insight on how to do it right. And uh, it's just like uh, we're both track coaches, and we went to a lot of clinics. And somebody asked me once, you know, why do you go to all these clinics? You know, you guys are usually doing pretty good. You guys should put your own clinics and i and i answered that uh you know you can sit in a 30 minute to two hour uh lecture and maybe pick up one thing that'll make a big difference so uh you know we got a lot to offer and if you just if you can just pick up one or two things from us i think it'll make your hunt a success but um going back to uh either connecting or not connecting, you know, for me, it's just being out there. You know, I really enjoy that. And I know there's no uh, conservation-wise, you know, we're helping the environment. We're helping that elk herd by thinning the herd. And whenever we do kill something, and, of course, we leave the gut pile and maybe other parts out there, they only last about a day or two. Yeah. And all the other animals out there that need that food – Feed on it: the bears, the coyotes, the crows, the, crows, the, yeah, it's, the bees.
1: It's true. <laughs> ashes to ashes, dust to dust.
2: Right. Nothing is wasted out there. You know, we're just part of the the process.
3: Yeah. And I guess uh, Chab just said the main thing, man, is that uh we're part of the we're part of the process.
1: For sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, people have said that the number one apex predator for all times the human race, and and there's no doubt about that. But we we get to do what we do because of because of what we've done uh, as far as growing up, and uh, we get to share that with all all the viewers that have sent in questions, which were fantastic questions today. Um, I, you know, I guess in closing, I would just ask each one of you uh, guys here that, that I guess one of the biggest things that I get asked quite a bit is um, when we're elk hunting. Um, what are some of the things that would make you guys more successful uh, if you would have known it at an earlier time?
3: Huh. Man, if I, what would have made it more successful if I'd known it at an earlier time? Man, there's been so much that we put together, but I probably would just have to be the elk behavior. And I, I include their, their communication in that. Right. You know? uh, So would
1: you say there's no, 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 no,
3: uh, no substitution for time spent in the woods, huh, Joe? Well, there's not. Well, but there is now. I mean, gosh, if I'd have had this 30 years ago, my learning curve buddy would have been way different. I mean, you can go on YouTube and, You can listen to elk. You can watch elk. You can do all kinds of uh, things there. You can listen to people that teach you how to call. Uh, You can go to a whole lot of different podcasts, uh, learn from a lot of uh, great people out there that are doing great things. And, you know, we're, uh, we're just trying to be part of that niche and hopefully offer something that, like I said, all I know, Chav and I were teachers and we were coaches for a long time. And all I know how to do is to is to coach and to teach and um the other well, thing. I'm
1: fantastic know, at it. And I mean well, two well, of the you, best bro. guys I have been I've hunted with a lot of guides from Whitetails to Neil guy, you two are two of the finest guys I've ever hunted with, not just on the technical side, but as men, right? You truly care about what you do. You have a passion for what you guys do and it shows every time you're in the woods, right? So I know Joe when you're guiding Uh, where you guide and stuff like that those guys are those guys have a true gift that they get to 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 be around you you every day see what you do in the woods and how you have such a special connection with that with that animal right and chav's the same way he's been with you so long that he can almost predict exactly how a scenario is going to play out it's it's a true gift you guys have, and y'all been able to bounce that off one another for the past thirty plus seasons, and uh, to be able to give this back to our viewers is truly special.
3: Well, that's uh, if if people haven't seen the the uh, elk the the hunt breakdown twenty eighteen, we've only got the the first part of a six part series out there. But it's
1: fantastic.
3: Well, thank you, man. But the whole idea of that is is, you know, I could tell you about the hunt. I mean, right. I can I can show you my passion. I can show you everything I have in telling you the story about that. But again, the whole goal of all this is, is to teach people. So we are inviting people to jump on our shoulder and hear the thoughts coming out of our ears, man, because we're, we're, we're taking every aspect of that that's particular to that hunt and why we made decisions that we did on that hunt. And we're going to do some other hunts from other years and years back because every hunt has different aspects, has different oh, yeah. things that you come across and, you know, different weather, mm-hmm. you know, animals acting different, feeds yeah. different.
2: It's all a little bit different. You know, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle.
3: And so we're going to help build their database that way so that's the goal of that and and we hope everybody's enjoying it and again if if we do for anybody out there what somebody has done for each one of us mission accomplished
1: yeah no doubt well we want to thank you for being with us tonight joe uh thank our listeners for the awesome questions that they've sent in uh, Chad, we want to appreciate the time that you've put in with us here at the Blue Collar Elk Academy here at Elk Camp. We want to thank everybody. We look forward to questions next week, and we'll see you next week on Blue Collar Elk Academy.
3: I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to Hunt HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden
1: Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.